0: if you even see like a lot of our neighbors will be outside and gardening and like breaking the leaves. Those are all part of meat. Um, breaking
1: the leaves. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, <laughs> th- okay. I heard leaves. Leaves. No. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, wait, wait, what? Why the guys <laughs> look up to a tree just breaking leaves <laughs> Why off? You need to be <laughs> sad, man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry.
2: That's okay. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the PT3 podcast with Prab Walid and Michael. Say hi, guys. Hey, what's What's going guys? And today we are here with a very special guest named Kavita. So, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you guys?
2: We're great. Tired. She's not uh, nervous at all. (laughs) I'm not nervous either. No. I'm not shaking my seat. yeah well it's nice to finally get a chance to talk to you because we've been following your and so we met you through um a mutual friend named Jyoti, mm-hmm. who was in our class and one thing i wanted to say is your account is very well put together like it oh, is so it's aesthetic and also very easy to follow for someone who doesn't know much about nutrition aka
0: all of us. <laughs> oh wow. Thank you,
2: so, Yeah, so I guess we'll start by saying that like your account and your content is very aesthetically pleasing and very easy to follow.
3: And, very informative,
2: too. Yeah, and you're very informative. That's that's another thing. It's very different, and I think a lot of people could get a benefit out of following accounts like this where you know you're debunking myths you're making uh, these key points available for everyone just in one easy to access place so yeah Mm -hmm. so really excited to kind of have a conversation with you about your experiences
0: yeah i'm so excited
2: yeah so tell us about your personal journey with fitness and nutrition so what made you start and embark on the career path of being A holistic nutritionist and what does Mm -hmm. that what does that career path mean
0: Mm -hmm. so it kind of started probably when I was in high school and I was I loved I loved fitness I loved movement um, and that's why I chose um, the University of Waterloo for kinesiology um, but eventually in my second year, it was around the time that we started co-op and everything. And I had done a lot of volunteer placements and um, co-op positions at physio clinics. And uh, it, I just felt like it wasn't the career for me. I, I found that it was more like something was clearly missing and I didn't feel so connected to it when I first started school. And so I think I became really lost, very stuck. Um, I couldn't feel like a lot of my like classmates or my friends could relate to me because they were always going to embark on like physio, chiro, or medicine. And so it just kind of got to a point where it was more of like a stressful period for me for almost like maybe two to three years of undergrad. And um, those... Stressful times actually probably contributed to a lot of the symptoms and the signs that I had in my health journey. And so it was then kind of like hand in hand where like the symptoms would like stress me out and then my predicament of feeling stuck and not knowing what I wanted to do in the future um, kind of contributed to those symptoms. So then it became more of like Okay, you know, like let me just relax into this. You know, it's only second year. Um, I would probably just it'll probably just take some time to uh, venture out and see if there's any other courses. And I think it didn't hit me until third year where um, I had another co-op position where I ventured way out of my whole like profession. Um, It was human resources position, a nine to five job, and. It was where my health even got worse, and I was basically barely present at work um, mentally. I would say I was, um, it, I had like extreme painful headaches. Um, leaving me literally debilitated in my bed for the rest of the day. I was so bloated, had this unexpected weight gain, even though like I would exercise, and this exercise in my head at that time was like, oh, let me do cardio every single day for an hour, um, but that caused me to kind of burn out, essentially, and um, there'd be times where I remember there would be a Timmy's right across from um, my workplace and we would see like coworkers, and I would even go there to grab all these like cafe mochas and um, veggie sandwiches and at the time yeah it's like veggie sandwich there's like you know veggies in there totally healthy right um, but it didn't I think it it contributed to a lot of the health symptoms that I had at that time. Um, and so that kind of gave me a reality check, like, hey, this is not how I want to live. This is not how I want to feel. I want to feel vibrant. I want to feel enthusiastic. I'm young. I can honestly like do anything in this world. And if I'm not even able to perform well or, um, do well in school or even at work, like things that like I'm going to see in the future, like why Why would I wanna feel this way? And so it really became like a reality check for me to understand like, okay, I really need to take responsibility of my health. And so then fast forward about probably a year later and it was around 2017 and I was just still burnt out from school, didn't know really what I wanted to do. And so I was like, let me just tap out of school for now just for semester, get a mental break, reconnect with myself, reground myself, understand like what my goals are, what my passion is. And not until I, I basically that summer was when I started to naturally lose the weight. My stress levels were around a one or two. My sleep was amazing. I was instead of going for those quick fixes of like caffeine and quick carbs, it was more so like transitioning into like whole foods and like nutrient dense foods, not the calorie dense foods, more so of like things that were like high antioxidants that really made me feel amazing and full Mm. of life and energetic and things that I wouldn't be able to do back when I was in undergrad or like second year that I was able to kind of transition into even the exercise I went from, you know, cardio to, um, one to two times of, um, hit and strength training and resistance training throughout those, um, throughout the week. And so it just, it made me realize like, I don't have to burn myself out constantly in order to feel great. And, Mm -hmm. um, So then I think that was when I was like, oh, wow, like food actually has some kind of power to it. Like we don't give it enough um, credit. And so Mm -hmm. I started looking into like food courses and went into looking into like dietitian programs and nutritionists um, or nutritional sciences programs. And then I came across holistic nutrition. And that's when I realized like, hey, there's some kind of merit to this um, type of program. And it was all about Mm -hmm. like the interconnectedness and the fact that we're all multifaceted people and we have systems in our body that are so interconnected. Why, why treat some, some symptoms at surface level in one si- system where you can find the root cause and that helps all the different systems? And so mm. it was more yeah. so like understanding and like connecting to that, that like really resonated with me. Um, and so, and I also grew up from a family where, you know, Advil and Tylenol were not like, it was like mm. literally the last resort for like headaches and pain and mm-hmm. or anything. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it, it the, that profession really resonated with me. And so... Between the time that I was graduating undergrad and the program, I actually did a position at a health food store. Awesome. And that was um, a time where I was also, like, understanding, oh, there's also supplements, you know. But then I started to realize, like, you can't out-supplement a bad diet or a bad lifestyle. Yeah, that's true. As much as you can, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's just not going to cut it. Um, because at the end of the day, your fuel comes from food. And you eat it like literally three to five times per day. And it becomes such an unconscious or like we're always on this autopilot that we don't realize like what we're putting into our body constantly at a consistent um, rate of every single day that actually makes a bigger impact than things that you might eat like once in a while. And so that's the program that I really chose. And then on the Meanwhile, I was doing holistic nutrition. I was also studying for eating psychology as well.
1: Awesome. That's Wait, great. sorry,
2: what is eating psychology? What types of things did you learn when you were studying that?
0: So mm-hmm. eating psychology is more so like understanding that there's... It's not just the body that we're um, understanding. There's like the mind component as well and the mental mm-hmm. component and... um whatever happens mentally will manifest physically. And so it was more so of just trying to understand um, the relationship that you have with food and more so of understanding like how food um, can impact your body in a mental emotional physical and spiritual way as well so there was a lot of spiritual approaches in the um, program as well which I absolutely enjoyed because you can't you can't take like uh, once again like we have so many different areas of ourselves that we don't tune into and that's when we kind of become disconnected with ourselves and so this program was more to understand like and give more of a certification of on Like, how do you empower your clients on their health journey and allowing them to kind of unlearn a lot of the nutritional toxic beliefs that we have that we've been conditioned to think about since time, Um, especially with, like, the diet culture um, and what Mm -hmm. we see on social media? Like, there's so many things that are so much behind the scenes that we don't realize that, like, everything – comes from mindset and so what you perceive is what you will ultimately carry out as energy. Um, so that that was what the um, program was entailed basically.
1: Nice. That's Awesome. That's really cool. That's great. Yeah, thanks
3: for sharing that story. No worries. That was a, that was a great story. Um, what are some of those like spiritual, what was the word you used, you said spiritual to do with the chorus? Like,
0: um, so it was more to do with the fact that, like, you can't take, like, when we kind of, this is, like, getting, like, really spiritual, but
4: mm-hmm.
0: um, all of us are beings that came from something and um, understanding that, like, all of us have a soul and our soul is um, ultimately what we end up, like, feeding in terms of happiness in terms of joy in terms of passion and so Mm -hmm. food is kind of like something that we tend to create as like a symbolic substitute for a lot of things like eating disorders or binge eating and emotional eating and so really Mm -hmm. dissecting that and seeing like okay what really what foods actually help you or feed your soul Feed your mind, feed your body, and what ultimately Mm -hmm. brings you happiness rather than things that, like, are creating guilt. Um, A great example of this is, like, during the holiday times, a lot of people will feel like they'll be on two different spectrums of, like, um, eating as much as they want without any guilt. And I think that's the way to go. But then also, Mm. like, understanding um, hunger cues that we don't tap into, Um, which ultimately can be a part of, be a part of like a lot of the symptoms that we do address because when you think about hunger and satiety cues, um, a lot of the times during the holidays, we just totally forget about like hunger cues and satiety cues. And so it's more of like just tapping into that and realizing, Hey, like, I'm actually full. I'm content right now, and I'm mm-hmm. happy with the way that I ate and just moving on from your day, right? Whereas there are other people, and I, from from experience as well, um, find guilt from eating certain like sugary foods or like you know your comfort foods that just mm-hmm. taste so great, right? And um, I personally felt that way, like when it was I was actually studying for holistic nutrition last year. And uh, it was during the holidays. And I had very much, like, orthorexic tendencies. And that's basically when you are...
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was going to ask orthorexic.
0: (laughs) So, it's basically basically when you're so um, driven towards and just, like, narrow-minded about, like, healthy food and nothing else. You won't touch anything else. You're just, like... It's, like, a very... um, unhealthy way of seeing healthy food and so um it became that way where you know we would have a lot of like treats on the table and i would just not gravitate towards them even though deep down i was like oh my god i would just want like candy or i just want like Mm -hmm. you know that nice treat there but like you creating that guilt in your mind you creating that like self-attack that self um betrayal or like it's just not the way that you want to live life. And so that's what I kind of teach a lot of people is that you don't have to create guilt around certain foods. Like we always feel like we need to label foods as like good and bad, but morally foods are just as as its value. And yeah, mm. some, some foods will have more nutrients than the other. However, mm. it's just when we label anything, then it becomes more of like, one or the other right and so it's just like mm. kind of breaking down all of those like toxic beliefs and unlearning all of those to realize like hey like you can move into your day um with ease and happiness and just letting go of things that you don't have control over basically
3: mm-hmm.
1: so- wait so so in that scenario because I'm sure that's the dilemma that everyone finds himself in. Like they see a Krispy Kreme donut at a party, they're um, like, Yo, I haven't eaten this for like eight months. Yo, I'm about to devour yeah, this. Yeah. So, in that scenario, are we? What do you suggest a person should do? do if that makes sense. being asked
2: right
4: now. Yeah. Please, I need this <laughs> information. In <all> this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's what's a healthy way to like nurture the soul, but also. Like, you know, find that balance in life, blah, 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 blah. Like Beautiful. fill in the gaps mm-hmm. for me.
0: Yes. So I would say go for it. Why I oh. say that? Yeah. Okay. I, I, so yes. I say go for it because um, first, it makes you happy, clearly, right? And obviously, like, yeah, you haven't touched it in eight months, but it's not going to do anything to you. It's not going to kill mm. you if you have once one time in Like a while, right? And I think it's like just to emphasize that, like, what you do on a consistent basis is what's more important than what you do on, like, once in a while type of thing, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And I always say,
0: like, go for the 80 20 rule. Like, you haven't had a donut in a while? Yeah, go eat a donut. That's totally okay right love, but like oh, as long as
2: principle. you yeah the yeah A20 like oh, man. Yeah, a lot of stuff and, i haven't touched in eight months like i'm ready to, <laughs> ready to go off now
0: yeah but then it's also like being in tune with yourself and really understanding okay like i'm gonna go for that donut i'm gonna feel great um do i want a second donut or am i satisfied mm-hmm. and that's what you need to really in, stay in tune for is like did I just satisfy a craving or is that craving gonna lead to a lot of different things? And oh, so like lead to like some
1: sort of like later mistake that's gonna yeah. be worse.
0: Right. Where you end okay. up like binge eating, right? But like
1: That's it's, actually it's, very useful.
0: It's all about like having that healthy relationship with food, right? You don't wanna abuse mm. it. You don't you wanna fuel yourself so you feel amazing, but at the same time you can't it's it's more about like everything Mm -hmm. in balance you know the more you eat a lot of like nutritious foods um doesn't mean you can't have like once in a while type foods right and so I think that's something that we need to emphasize a little bit more on and like just getting rid of that guilt because that's honestly what happens is the more stressed out you are the more you feel guilty about eating that food and when you actually eat that food and you feel that way, it physiologically, it's going to create a stress response. And as much as that food... There's there's two scenarios I'll give you guys. Is that as much as you eat a certain food that has less or more value, it really depends on the state that you're eating it in. Um, Because of the fact that physiologically when you're happy, you're more relaxed, you're, um, you know, you feel uplifted, right? But when you're stressed out, physiologically, that activates your sympathetic nervous system, right? And so Mm. the blood actually rushes up to your brain rather than to your digestion. And that's when you have digestive discomfort, Bloating, gas, all that stuff. So it's better to just feel amazing after you eat certain food than to feel – and it will happen with anything. If you eat a nutritious food, the same thing is going to happen. You're not going to be able to assimilate or absorb any of the nutrients even though it's a high-nutrient food. And so it really depends on like – it, it's it's about how you're eating that food and what state you're eating that food in yeah
1: got it okay so this is actually like a perfect segue like there's a lot of things that i kind of like pinned so first mm-hmm. thing i wanted to say is when i used to eat veggie sandwiches myself i honestly mm-hmm. thought that i got all the veggies for the day yeah i might be naive in thinking that but that's i sincerely walked away thinking i'm a hero okay mm-hmm. like that's one thing <laughs> The I was second to thing way, is,
0: honestly.
1: <laughs> yeah So, like, this whole 80-20 principle that you were also talking about.
4: Yeah. We
1: kind of talked about the 20% a little bit right now and how to handle that. Mm -hmm. The 80% now. The healthy Mm -hmm. diet. What does that mean exactly?
0: So, it is full of high-nutrient foods. um, A lot of veggies. A a diverse amount of veggies. Um, When you think about... When I would say vegetables i would be saying like more of your um spinach kale arugula uh, those are your greens then you have your um your root vegetables that are amazing for um the fall time because they have such high nutrients like vitamin a and beta-carotene then you also have your why fall time though Uh, You can actually eat them anytime, but just because Mm – so there's this thing about, like, eating seasonally, right? Back in the day, a lot of um, the evolution of time is that uh, foods were grown at a specific period of time in order to Mm -hmm. to kind of create diversity in our system. And that's when um, we can go into, like, gut health and how – the gut is where we have the majority of our immune system and so Mm. when you have a good bacteria and immune cells that um flourish from a diverse amount of foods that you eat throughout the year um rotation is key seasonal eating is key because you don't want to be eating things all the time because then your gut or your good bacteria kind of um, get used to that. And you're not really uh, changing things up. Um, mm. And so that's when the the ability for your gut to be resilient um, or your immune system to be resilient is how is by introducing a lot of diversity of foods. And wow. so... Usually, a lot of the root veggies that are grown in the fall are eaten dur- during the fall, like your sweet potatoes, your butternut squash, your pumpkins. Um, and then throughout the summer is when you get more lighter because you have more of the ability of eating more salads. Um, and it's more of a, like a cooling ability, whereas the root veggies are more warm-forming um, mm. Or warm producing in our body, and so that kind of helps in keeping the warmth in our body. So that's usually so, done so, like so. Yeah. Like a
1: pumpkin spice latte is is actually like a <laughs> like a fall thing. It's not like just because of October and the Halloween.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whoa,
1: it that's has some a merit lot to lot it. Market. Oh my goodness. Oh
2: my God. Starbucks. Made wow. Holy. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: (laughs) sorry continue with the healthy diet i interrupted
0: yeah so um where was i uh we talked about veggies we talked about oh um getting your healthy fats your omega-3s omega-3s are huge on your um lowering your cholesterol especially of like the LDL, small, dense cholesterol, um, where we see a lot of like heart disease and atherosclerosis from. And so omega-3s are huge for lowering that type of cholesterol. Omega-3s are huge for um, brain health and keeping your, um, I guess, the myelin sheath working wow. properly. Yeah. Um, and so then there's also the healthy fats that Again, I I might uh, talk about this later, but Mm -hmm. um, fats are what make hormones and help in um, insulating your body, and it's a second source of energy. And so another thing is like they bring in a lot of fat soluble vitamins, like your vitamin A, your D, your E, your K, and vitamin D especially is something that we don't get enough of in the northern hemisphere, and so. Taking in that and consuming a lot of healthy fats from like nuts, seeds, um, certain oils like coconut oil, olive oil, um, your avocado oil, um, you'll get it from your avocados, um, even your hemp mm. seeds, your uh, flax seeds, your chia seeds, all of that is fat. Um, mm. So and then we also have your antioxidants from berries. um what else am I missing? Your low glycemic carbs that are still enough to keep your blood sugar leveled mm. without them spiking. Um, mm. That's a huge problem in our society right now that like blood sugar imbalances are creating or, or probably one root cause to a lot of different um, metabolic dysfunctions. And so mm-hmm. trying to kind of. Um, using like, pro- so there's this thing called the blood sugar trifecta, where you add protein, fat and fiber in all of your meals, especially in the morning, um, wow. to help in mm. uh, allowing your blood sugar to be level.
3: Wow. So I have less carbs in the morning?
0: Yeah, I would say less car, not less carbs, but more like um, carbs that have a lot of fiber in them.
3: Because not
0: only will they help in um, allowing for your digestion to be full, but also mm-hmm. um, for your gut health, for your intestinal health, it just allows things to move more s- fat, uh, or more smoother, um, right. which can prevent like constipation and diarrhea and mm-hmm. everything. So that's a huge thing that I feel like. It should be emphasized like protein, fat, and fiber in all of your meals. Um, Yeah.
1: Perfect. Okay. Yeah.
2: And I think that there's this myth going around too that, oh, this this has a lot of fat in it. It must be bad for me. Or like my dad said something to me the other day. He said, oh, why don't you get like low-fat yogurt? It's going to clog up. It's going to go straight in your arteries and clog the walls. And I was like, I cannot deal with like... So, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. You just put your dad on blast? I did. Without I his consent? To, I had to. Without but, his consent? No, it's
2: okay. <laughs> I had to because this is very
1: common. This
2: is really common, right? And yeah, so I was wondering, or I think Michael wanted to ask this.
3: I, I do have a question related to myths. Prav knows exactly Before what it. I was going to ask. Okay, so we're going to ask, um, what are some common nutritional myths you've encountered throughout your career um, that you wanted to clear up on this podcast and let the audience know?
0: of course um so going back to prab's uh comment about um the low fat i think that's a huge one that's still existing um that you should always go for lo- low fat and fat free um it really just depends on what type of fat is present in that type of food um, there's this thing about how fat will create cholesterol and cholesterol is bad for you. Um, but that's not and, and cholesterol has been demonized so much and it's so sad because it's that's not the case at all. Um, it's actually more so to do with the fact that there are certain fats that we can eat or prepare in a way that can create oxidation. And oxidation is basically more of like a stress factor in our body, which can create inflammation. And when inflammation interacts with a lot of different things in our body, it'll create irritation. And um, so that's when cholesterol kind of becomes very demonized because it's like, oh, well, the fat that you're eating is just immediately going to be cholesterol in your liver, Um, just avoid it completely because that cholesterol is just going to create heart disease. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case at all. It's more so the fact that like there's so many things that fat is so helpful for in our body that people don't realize that um, when it is... So there's different types of fat. We have the omega-3s, the PUFAs, there's the MUFAs or monounsaturated mm-hmm. fats. Yeah, there's What's the a saturated. Pufa and Mufa? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so they're just they're just different um, chains of um, of the structure of fat. And so pufas are like the polyunsaturated fats. Then we have the um, monounsaturated fats, we have saturated fats, and then we also have uh, I think I'm forgetting one. We'll skip that. But um, basically, was it
1: was it a loofah?
0: Yes, but <laughs> it's kind of not around here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's just when you realize like cholesterol is demonized so much, it's not because of fat. It's because of all of the inflammation that can come from certain fats, like. Um, Okay. So let me give you a practical example of olive oil. When olive oil structure is something that you should not be cooking with because it has a um, very low boiling point to the point where it can, or a cooking point where it can oxidize, meaning the structure of the uh, fat can break apart. And Kind of moving away in our body that kind of gets clogged.
4: Mm-hmm. And so Ooh. that's good to when, know.
0: yeah, so that's when, that. um, in terms of like cooking oils, I always say go with something that has a higher boiling point because it's more resilient or resistance L- to heat.
3: Like what? What are, what are some options? Like what it was an example? So yeah.
0: Options are like coconut oil avocado oil mm. um you have your mustard oil or sesame oils are great um, which one but would you o- say
1: tastes the best because honestly like i'm not a huge fan of coconut oil
0: <laughs> well uh, here's the thing you can get unrefined um coconut oil that actually doesn't taste like coconut oil it's usually oh, the ones that are God. like virgin coconut oil that has like the pure taste to it um mm-hmm. um But if you don't want to cook with coconut oil, I would go for avocado oil. Avocado oil oil doesn't really have, Mm. yeah, it doesn't really have that much of like a taste to it. Um, But in regards to things like avocado or olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, that's something that you want to just drizzle on top of your like salads or your pizzas and stuff, um, because of the fact that like if you do heat it up, it can break apart and create oxidation in our body. And inflammation is the least thing that we want to do in our body or the the, the thing that we want to avoid um, because that's just it's troublesome really
3: wow this is this is great to know I cook with olive oil almost every day I come from <laughs> an Italian background and like yeah. we put olive oil on literally everything so this is yeah. like this is great because I make eggs in the morning and I'll put like a little bit of olive oil in the pan but I'm yeah. gonna try out the uh, I love avocados, so I'm gonna try out the avocado mm.
1: so thanks for sharing yeah. that I know. I'm sitting yeah, here thinking like, oh, I'm doing like such a good thing by cooking in olive oil. And <laughs> turns out, I'm clogging up my arteries.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, another one that I would say is even if you do um, like ghee, which is like clarified butter, yeah. it's basically taking away all of like the protein and just keeping the good fats in there, which is like amazing. Yeah, oh, so I it's really a good enjoy thing. using it. Mm-hmm, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love I ghee. Yeah.
2: That.
0: Yeah, ghee is <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
2: Wow, that's good to know, honestly. Yeah, okay. So, there's so much information there. Wow. Yeah, there was a lot. This is we'll great. I to listen to this episode 100 <laughs> uh,
3: You're going to have
1: to write some notes. <laughs> yeah,
2: I need to actually bring a notebook next time. I don't
1: know what... Wait, I, uh, I actually had a, I had a thing I wanted to ask real quick.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so, you said this thing earlier about how you introduce new foods to your stomach as a means to like build up your gut bacteria Mm
4: -hmm.
1: right so in my Mm -hmm. head how I took that is sometimes consistency is not the best thing in diet so so the reason why I asked that like I'm bringing it back is because that's kind of how I took it in my brain like you kind of make Mm -hmm. small substitutions to kind of tweak it here and there but Mm -hmm. the question that I'm trying to get at is you say like I think you're 100% vegetarian yes
0: uh, I, yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so would introducing meat, I know you wouldn't, but if you were to introduce meat in your life, would that add like a variation or diversification to your gut bacteria in a good way?
0: So here's the thing is that my, I've never had meat, um, ever. Uh, so my body would kind of see it as a way of, um, it really just depends on like what kind of meat it is as well. Animal protein mm-hmm. is of. I would say like if you're gonna go for animal protein, go for the grass-fed beef. Um, go mm. for the um, the the things that I don't have a lot of knowledge, but just what we've okay. talked fair, about in school. But um, it's just it, when you have. Protein, in general, takes a lot of energy to break down. And mm-hmm. so, protein, in a way, if you haven't introduced it to your body before, it needs to create new proteins or new enzymes to break it down. So in By a way, protein, you
1: mean I, meat, right? Sorry. Yes.
0: And yeah. so, animal protein is completely... Uh, just the way that it's formed, a lot of people can get aggravated from it, but mm. I would believe that the right type of protein um or uh animal products that you consume um Mm -hmm. i would just say start small and then slowly slowly um like get back into like a a good amount of protein Mm -hmm. but um in regards to if i would even recommend it i would just say like your gut um your gut flourishes with plants and the nutrients mm. that comes from plants. And wow. okay. so I would, in terms of the health goals that you have, I will never demonize animal products. Or um, if someone wants to go and eat meat, that's totally okay with me. And I'll, I personally, if I have clients who have um, a diet that is more... Um, animal product centric I will mm-hmm. slowly move them towards I want you to consume more plants but your protein can come from animal products
1: oh okay mm. so so the whole carnivore diet is not in your book
0: no I wouldn't agree <laughs> okay. with it no
1: okay because there there are a lot of people who go oh yeah that works yeah
0: for sure but here's so, the thing. It's like we've always been – like we've always considered like, oh, in order to get like really buff and like toned and stuff, like you always have to have protein in your diet and like have it, an insane amount of protein in your diet. But you don't realize like
4: yeah.
0: it, it – there's this, this thing about like, oh, okay, well, it's going to hurt your kidneys. And um, I think to an extent it could. If you have some sort of kidney dysfunction, however, um, the dose creates the poison.
1: Wow! So
0: too much of a of a certain thing can create more damage than <laughs> mm-hmm. usual.
3: Uh, yeah, so, I'm
1: so glad you answered that. That was actually like very useful. Yeah, the dose creates the poison.
3: Oh, so variety you need is that like a exactly, variety yeah. is what's important. So like. For example, some of those like fad diets, like um, like the keto diet or the paleo diet, like what would you say about those? I'm just curious.
0: So the keto diet essentially was um, designed for epilepsy. It was never for a lot of mm. the things that it's being marketed as, is like weight loss and all those other things, right? Um, and so there are different types of diets that you can – transition from and go into and i always think that like each diet that you each diet has to have either an exit strategy or something that is sustainable for a really really long period of time and Mm -hmm. for like keto diets i personally believe that that's something that a is Um, not suitable for everyone and we're all bio-individualized people and so the approach that you need to take in regards to diets should be customized and that's why I always say like before you going to diet and you go from A to B to C like that's actually creating so much more um trouble in your body in regards to your metabolism because that's when your metabolism Mm -hmm. slows down so you don't really want to um affect that um Mm -hmm. now in terms of paleo um i think it's a good diet Um, however is it sustainable i'm not too sure i think you always have to understand that we go through different periods of our life and one diet may work at a specific time, and it can be therapeutic at that time, but is it something that is sustainable in the long run? That's yeah. the um, important question, mm-hmm. yeah. Really, Exactly. Yeah,
2: I really like what you said about, you know, I think a lot of people have a mindset with diet where it's like, oh, I'm going to do this diet for, an, or until the summer, and then I'm going to look super jacked, and
0: mm-hmm. there, there's
2: no, like end in sight necessarily right but this kind of goes into something that somebody else that we had on this podcast was talking about about how Mm. this is a long game like being healthy living a healthy lifestyle eating healthy is something that you want to do for the rest of your life right not just not just for summer 2021 so and it's not (laughs) for aesthetics
0: it's not for aesthetics at all like yeah aesthetics is very short term yeah it's a bonus (laughs) exactly
2: Yeah, so I really like that point. I think it's really important for people to start emphasizing. And then that also goes back to what you said about, you know, it's okay to eat once in a while in a way that, you know, is pleasurable. Like, go have mm-hmm. that donut because mm-hmm. that's going to help you sustain it, sustain that 80% for a longer period mm-hmm. of time, right? Which is mm-hmm. eventually going to be better for you, right? Exactly. So I I really exactly. like those those points that we brought up or that you brought up. So... Mm-hmm. We just had one last question for you. It's almost just like a summary. But what are some key points that we haven't mentioned yet that you would tell people to look, at, look out for? Uh, people that are ch- trying to make some new changes in their diet. So someone who hasn't really thought about their diet before and is just starting to get into you know, taking care of themselves and living a healthy lifestyle.
1: And also someone who wants to get jacked. Like proud, <laughs> yeah. Like <'Cause>, uh, <laughs> of course he was impersonating himself.
4: Of course, yeah. let <laughs> um,
1: mm. <laughs> i see. body shame on this podcast. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What's wrong yeah. with you? Everyone's
2: everyone is beautiful. Sorry, go on, Vita.
0: I think okay, so I think it starts off from like if I could give you like a day in a life. Um, it all kind of starts off, let's say from your like night routine, um, trying to get as much sleep as possible will do you better in the long run. Um, because our hours of sleep kind of it just resets the next day kind of thing, right? Like it doesn't carry forward. So whatever you lost that night before, you lost it. Um, So it's kind of like I try to tell people at least to sleep by like 9.30, 10 o'clock, 10 30 latest i know it's very what? very difficult I yeah
2: i needed to hear yeah. yeah
0: honestly it's like a it's hard for me too because like some of us are at night owls right and we do amazing work at night um however it's we have this circadian rhythm this like internal clock in our body uh where basically past 11 o'clock creates an extra surge or a second surge of cortisol and so that Damn. really pushes your sleep and actually puts you in a state of um, basically, it really messes up your hormones. Wait, you said um, this
1: this 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 surge happens again after like eleven p.m. at nighttime?
0: So there's a second surge. So usually we have a surge around like um, six Early or seven o'clock. When yeah, yeah, so immediately when you wake up, there's an ex- there's that first surge, and then there's that second mm-hmm. surge that you might catch if you Mm -hmm. don't um wake or if you stay up and that usually is around 11 o'clock and so i think i broke my clock then Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and so i i honestly try to tell people like in terms of sleep start small like just cut back like half an hour before. If you're going to sleep at one o'clock, okay, 12 30. Okay, 12, 12, and then 11, 11, 11 And then, like, just doing it that way, it kind of helps in instead of like jumping from like one extreme to the next, right? And so, um, yeah, I honestly feel like starting off a good night routine kind of sets your next day up better. Um, waking up you're usually dehydrated so having like a couple of water like room temperature water with like a bit of salt and like lemon can do wonders um
1: not cold why
0: water. usually i don't say cold water because it kind of prevents so what happens is with cold water it um Causes the uh, esophagus and your digestive system to spaz a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, but on the alternate side, is when you do drink something cold, your metabolism actually boosts a little bit. So that's oh, okay. why I say, mm. okay, so do a little bit in the middle, like room temperature water, a little bit cold if you like that. Um, mm-hmm. If you like warm, drink that as well. Whatever fits well with you and then Mm -hmm. um in terms of like lemon water and the salt we get so dehydrated um through like through the fact that like um urine breathing sweat and all that stuff happens overnight and so Mm -hmm. in order to replenish our stores for um especially sodium being a huge Um, mineral for like nerve conduction and muscle conduction um, that's something that we really want to replenish especially in the morning Um, Mm -hmm. and with the lemon water that's something that is kind of like a digestive aid um, Mm -hmm. kind of stimulating your stomach acid a little bit um, and also alkalizing your system Mm -hmm. Um, okay and, and then, what time do you suggest to
1: wake up since she told me to go to sleep at nine thirty.
0: <laughs> as long as you're getting a minimum of eight hours you should be good
1: okay minimum all right sounds good
4: phase. yeah okay.
1: i'll change i gotta go um, and buy some lemons I'll
0: change. <laughs> limes work too um
1: and some avocado oil
0: yeah
2: i about put all of it together
4: Ooh, uh, that's a I'm good I'm off to the store um, uh, Be careful,
1: you know, it's almost 9.30.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what else? Um, yeah, so in, in regards to, like, having, like, a blood sugar balancing meal, always having, like, protein, fat, and fiber in your diet, um, especially mornings, um, if you're not – we've kind of, like – when you think about like intermittent fasting a little bit, like we, it's a it's a little bit more of like we're giving our digestive system rest throughout the night so that we are able to use our energy towards repair and um, supporting other systems in our body that may have been um, compromised during the day. And so in the mornings, especially we if we don't wake up Hungry, then we have a situation. <laughs> I would say, like a lot of people, like I, if I have a late, late dinner, then usually in the mornings I may not be hungry. But trying to change the timings can actually help in um, a lot of things, like your energy, uh, weight, um, balancing your hormones. Timing is everything as well. Um, so trying to get like a full breakfast around like 9 30 10 o'clock and then having about three to four meals per day um i also believe that like restriction is probably not the way to go because it's it's on one side of the pendulum and then the other side of the pendulum is more of like binge eating and emotional eating and stress eating and we want to get back into that balance right Um, so trying to consume as much nutrients possible. Um, and then also another thing is the most simplest thing is tests. Don't guess. Go to your doctor, go to your naturopath, go to your, um, functional, um, doctor and just get tests done because there's no point of you like buying a lot of supplements and like things like that if it's not really going to be, Helping, right, and so Mm -hmm. you don't want to waste your money on that stuff. Um,
2: Got it, sure.
0: And daily movement. I think that's the biggest thing. Is um, what I've learned with like metabolism is that you have your basal metabolic rate that it Takes about like 50 to 60 or 60 to 70 percent of your energy, but then you mm-hmm. also have that portion that's called the non exercise activity thermogenesis, and that's the time where
1: that was your most recent post. I think I, yeah, I think, was and th- so, I think I saw you doing that. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to understand that like exercise can do benefit, like ha- it has amazing benefits. But when you want to keep your body moving, um, the best time to do that is during those eight to ten hours of you working or you're studying. So like every uh-huh. hour, put a time on and like timer on and say like, hey, like for the next 10 minutes, I'm gonna do push-ups or I'm gonna get my heart rate up or I'm gonna go stand for like 20 to 25 minutes. And that can do so much more for your metabolism um in the end i'm so sorry i gotta i gotta fact check
1: this it. like so, someone someone from our guests like one of our guests said something about neat is that is that what this is
0: yeah that's the, neat. yeah okay okay. Mm-hmm. okay okay sorry yeah yeah so that's neat and that usually depends about like uh 15 to 50 percent, 50 percent of your energy expenditure wow so wow. it, it <laughs> does a lot more than what we give credit to um exercise and mm. so like things like if you even see like a lot of our neighbors will be outside and gardening and like shoveling the snow or even like breaking the leaves those are all part of meat um,
1: breaking the leaves <laughs> oh uh, uh, I th- raking, okay raking i heard no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i was like wait wait what why do guys wake <laughs> up to a tree just breaking leaves off you need
2: to reset man Um, i'm so sorry
1: sorry
0: that's okay (laughs) and then yeah your stress levels are a huge one um trying to get um like self-care routines are huge um just trying Mm. to keep your cortisol low and um because you think a lot better when you're not stressed out right and so just trying to keep your stress levels low, it'll do a bigger part in like your longevity later on. Um, wow. And then also last one, I promise, don't keep starve going. yourself. Keep going, yeah,
4: you're good, you're <laughs> good. Yeah. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah, I got my um,
0: out. Yeah, restriction, starving, I'm not a huge advocate for those things. Um, yo-yo dieting, not an advocate for those things as well. Um,
1: don't even know what that is, but I'm gonna stay yeah, away from just, it. Just, no, that just, yeah.
0: yeah, it's it's not. It's basically like going from diet to diet to diet, and that really just messes up your metabolism and your mm. hormones. Oh. And your hormones actually regulate your metabolism. So oh, if okay. you if you don't if if you're essentially creating all of these habits in your day-to-day life, those are accumulating and inevitably creating small changes in your body that you end up seeing, like, later on if you continue with those those habits, right? And so Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, just, like, being more – just reflecting and, like, writing things down, I always, like, say, like, oh, if you want to, like, really understand, like, what's going on, um, having like a food and like lifestyle diary and like writing things down where you feel like okay like I can assess this later on, um, because any times like you want to change certain things, it's always good to reflect back, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Of course. So, yeah. Wow, Kavita, man! Like that so was a lot of knowledge. Yeah, I learned a <laughs> we lot. To to, we, have to, just from this. we have to get her here again, like yeah. on this episode, because like there's just <laughs> thanks so much for coming things. on.
0: Thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, honestly.
1: Yeah,
2: honestly, thanks so much for coming on and sharing all that with us. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it went beyond just you know just nutrition. It mm-hmm. was it was like a was lifestyle like what thing yeah exactly which, which you said before like holistic nutrition like yeah, how yeah. everything fits together which I guess like this podcast is about too right because we have some mm-hmm. some episodes that are really specific to you know healthcare and you know fitness but we also have episodes about mindset motivation stress management yeah, so yeah. it's really cool to meet other people that share these values about you know living a balanced life and how that is actually a healthy lifestyle not just you know mm-hmm. appearing yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah thanks a lot for that uh we're definitely going to be sharing your instagram account 100%. In, the, in the bio of this episode and in the post as well
3: we're also gonna pre-phrase this episode saying bring a notepad
4: <laughs> great notes yeah. I mean, this yeah,
3: just so the, everyone knows so Michael, before they get halfway in they're like yeah, oh my, no I should have should have brought the notepad
1: uh, Michael they're not going to skip to the end to know that, that there was no that's like we're, we're going to preface it we're going to preface <laughs> it Oh, I'm, okay, on the okay. title, yeah. We're okay. going to preface I'll, it, bring the notepad. Uh, okay, 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 okay. I'll record it and send it to prep. He'll edit it in. <laughs> edit it in at the beginning.
0: <laughs> no, but honestly, guys, like, I'm so happy that you guys are creating or, like, you've had this podcast going on for a lo- really long time. Even though it's still new, like, you guys are talking about things that we should, as a young generation, we should still be co- talking about because we mm. we don't mm-hmm. want to be We – we're very multifaceted people. That's all I'm going to yeah. say. right? Mm-hmm. And so there's so many different areas that we can talk about. And I'm happy that you guys are uh, talking about that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Thank Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on.
2: It helps having, having really amazing guests. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> all right, guys. So we will wrap it up as it's been 50-something minutes. So this has been the PT3 podcast. And we will see you for the next episode. Take care, guys.
1: Peace. Peace.